From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Hi, I'm Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett, and today we have a special show with our friend and soon-to-be-your-friend, Elizabeth High School. Based in Oxford but raised in the Delta, Elizabeth is one of the premier food personalities to come out of our state. We'll talk to her about her Rosedale upbringing, her path to the kitchen, and her latest cookbook. Also, she shares tips for summer entertaining. We can't take your calls today, but as always, you can reach us by email. Send your questions, comments, and recipes to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Today is a special edition of Deep South Dining as Malcolm White and Carol Puckett share their conversation they had with Elizabeth High School. During the conversation, they cover everything from her early life in the Delta to being a contributor on the Today Show. Welcome, Elizabeth. We're glad you're here. Uh, you, you've driven down from Oxford to be with us today. Is that right? Absolutely. I'm beyond thrilled to be sitting here with you and Carol and um, and Java. So we're going to have a fun day. So what is your uh, day-to-day uh, life in Oxford like? I know you're a caterer and a chef and a cookbook writer, but what 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 is what does your morning and day look like uh, oh there Lord, in, in the city of Oxford? Crazy town from the second my eyes open up to the second I go to bed. Um, yeah, so it's you know I have three kids. We've got God knows enough animals to fill a zoo at the house, and then um, you know so I usually get up and go to yoga at Southern Star, the best yoga place in the entire world, at five a.m. and then um, try to get the kids out of bed and and head on to the catering kitchen and you know and from then on it's just it's fast and furious. So um, whether we're working on a huge wedding or getting ready for a um, you know small party or um, you know we just finished all the photography for my new book that will be coming out fall 2020 recipes for days. So that almost killed us. It was 12 days, 12 hour days. I've never worked so hard in my life. Who was your photographer? Angie Mosher, the finest in the entire world. Angie's a friend from Southern Foodway. She's another Southern Foodways alum and was on the board, and so we all got to know each other there. She's just magical and super talented. From Um, Atlanta or the environs. Exactly, exactly. And when you're in the trenches with somebody like that for that many hours, days on end, you know, you got to like them or it is not going to work. And um, so I'm real grateful that she came up to help me out. All right, so you're working on, you have a new book that's about to come out, is Mm. that correct? Yeah. But you have three previous books? Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's truly amazing because I literally, I cannot spell pit if you spot me the P and the T. That's how dumb I am. I mean, I mean, it is. Elizabeth. No, Carol, it is absolutely horrible. I mean, I was the worst student in the world. I mean, my English teacher would have placed bets that I was either going to end up in prison or strip a pole. I mean, it's just, I mean, seriously, it's a miracle that I was able to write a book. Well, I know you did drive a prison van. I, I did drive Elizabeth a prison van. Elizabeth had a prison van. van that she drove from Oxford to Memphis to deliver her. 
vegetables. Her vegetables. So when we started, you know, it was so funny. I I grew up in the Delta, and um, my parents ended up divorced, and we moved to Memphis. And, um, you know, I had a real hard time in school. And then after I graduated from high school, barely graduated from high school, I, um, you know, I, I started college. And, I mean, I went from college to college to college. I kept thinking that it was that school that I didn't like. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I sort of realized, no, it was just school in general that I had a problem with. Instruction. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so what following, were your greatest hits of rules. college? So I went to um, University of Memphis. I went to Mississippi State. I went to University of Tennessee. Then I went back to the University of Memphis, and that's when I started cooking. That's wow. when things kind of started to, you know, fall into place, and I realized I started working for a great caterer there. And um, that would be Karen, Karen Carrier. Carrier, who you know everybody knows. A lot of knows. our listeners will know Karen Carrier, Automatic and, Slams. Exactly. And, and you know, it was like one of the first things that I really felt that I was good at. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I catered with her. I loved it more than anything. I was still in school, but I would work for her at night and weekends and things like that. And then she opened up her first restaurant, Automatic Slums Tonga Club downtown. I went down there and then um, ended up going back to catering. And then I started, um, I met my husband, Luke, and had my first baby. And so we um, had this friend, Jency. And, you know, I, I had stopped. So I really, I, that's what I was planning on doing was raising a family. You know, I mean, it never occurred to me that I would do anything else. And um, and so Jency would come over every day, and she had just gotten married, and she didn't have kids. And we would sit and watch TV, and we'd hang out, and we'd eat lunch, and it was just the best thing in the world. Well, her husband got sick and tired of this, and he said, you know, you're going to have to get a job. And, I mean, it was so bad. That, oh, like, darn. Yeah, yeah, I know. What the hell? What are we going to do now? And so, I mean, she would have job interviews set up, and I would ride with her, and I would sit in the car and wait for her to get out. I mean, that's how bad it was. So I just decided this is ridiculous. We were going to start our own company. We called it Instead of Flowers. And um, so basically, you know, like if somebody died or had a baby or, you know, needed needed something to be taken rather than ordering flowers, call us and we would do food. So it's sort of like this fun mobile food company. People moved. We brought food. And, um, you know, it was, of course, my husband called it instead of a job because all we really did was, you know, just sit around in our pajamas and, you know, and, and watch TV. And, and, um, and make a casserole. This was about this was actually about 23 years ago. Okay. Um, and, and I know that for a fact because I could mark the date because 17 years from the first time that I was on today's show, Jensi and I were sitting on the couch working, and mm-hmm. I do that in quotation marks, and um, and we were watching the Today Show, and Martha Stewart was on, and she had her pillowcase turkey. And I mean, no, actually, I'm sorry. She just had a you turkey. Have the she had a regular, turkey. old, sad, boring turkey. Even though I do love Martha, of course. Um, but I just thought there's something. You know, she, the world needs to know about my grandmother's pillowcase turkey. It's the finest turkey ever. And I looked at Jency and I said, Jency, one day I'm gonna be on the Today Show and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna be on with my pillowcase turkey. And Jency was like, That's a great idea. I yeah, think you ought like to do Marty that. Yeah, it sounds like Marty Stewart's story when he saw uh, Connie Smith sing at the uh, Choctaw Indian Fair and he turned to his mom and he said, Mom, someday I'm gonna to marry that woman. <laughs> there you go. And I mean, he, I'm serious. And he did. Yeah, well, 17 right. years later, I was on the Today Show with my turkey. Let's not take another step until you tell us about the pillowcase turkey. Oh, it's the best. Let's so, just go ahead and get it over so, with. So, as you know, I was dying to talk we, about we it, even though it's the middle turkey. of summer. Let's talk um, turkey. But you filed this recipe away for Thanksgiving. I'm telling you, you're going to thank yourself. So, my grandmother was a perfectionist. I mean, everything she did had to be perfect. When I mean, this is, this 
is how nuts she was or is, is. Um, you know, if she made a cake and it didn't turn out right, she would not, she wouldn't throw it away because she didn't want anybody to see it in the garbage. She would go outside, she would dig a hole, and she would bury the damn thing. <laughs> That's what I'm, I mean, these are the people that I come from. Okay. And um, anyway. It's good to know. I, so, good to know the backstory. So she didn't, her turkey would get too brown. And she really was determined to have that Norman Rockwell turkey. Mm-hmm. So um, Well, he she, had a bunch of paints. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and so what she would do to stop it from browning prematurely, she would wrap it in a pillowcase. Okay, so now, and when I say that, you have to understand. I mean, I'm talking about a 100% cotton pillowcase. This isn't one that you've slept on for a week that you and it drug probably out. was monogrammed. It probably was. Well, she would, what she would do is she would take one that was old, you know, that, that was a little bit frayed, and then she would tear it, you know, into into wide strips mm-hmm. and wrap it in it. Because, I mean, honestly, in the in the 40s in the Mississippi Delta, there wasn't a William Sonoma sitting on the corner. Carol right. hadn't opened up the Everyday Gourmet yet. She couldn't go run and get some cheesecloth. And so this was her, you know, this was her solution. And what she would do, she would saturate, she would take butter, sherry, red wine, tons of herbs, bay leaves, and she would um, bring that to a bowl on the stove. Now, where would she find bay leaves back then? Oh, honey, they oh, had the a bay grocery tree. store. Oh, they, they had, had the grocery own. store. Yeah, but you could even you could always get parsley and a bay leaf yeah. and some peppercorns at the Piggly Wiggly oh, okay. in Rosedale. So you get anywhere. Um I mean, we weren't animals, Malcolm. I mean, we could get a few things in the Delta. Well, I was wondering about the advent of the spice cabinet. A blessed view. It was a pretty narrow spice cabinet with cinnamon and cloves and (laughs) bay leaves. Exactly. And paprika was very exotic. Oh, my God. We started that paprika market. Don't even start with me. But now you're talking exotic herbs. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was the most exotic thing in our cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, anyway, so she would saturate the pillowcase. Cook the turkey almost till it was done. Once it was almost done, she would pull it out, remove it from the from the pillowcase, flip it, put it back in the oven, butter it. Well, butter it, then put it back in the oven, and then it would just make it would just be the most golden brown turkey you've ever seen. Wow. The first time we ever I was ever approached about doing this, um, Southern Living asked me if I would do a you know a thing, and um, and so we did a, an article about it. And they tested, that year at Southern Living, they tested 10,000 recipes. And later they told me that it tested in the top 10 out of 10,000 recipes, this turkey. Wow. I mean, is that not, it's a unbelievable. A turkey, turkey. A turkey. Exactly. I mean, who would have ever thought? But, but um, Malcolm, Elizabeth has been uh, flogging this turkey for a long time, <laughs> trying to get it, uh, trying to get it, you know, on national television, national news, and... I remember her literally attacking the people at Garden and Gun. Oh, God, Carol, it was when so they were, bad. They were in Greenwood, and she was we're like, sick. you've got to have my pillowcase turkey at Garden and, Garden and Gun. And, of course, it ended up it there. It ended up in Garden Gun because Elizabeth is tenacious. Oh, God, I do have a problem. But, um, you know, Carol and I go back so long. I mean, Carol really was the reason that, that I mean, I can take all of this success back to just a couple of people in Carol's one of them. Um, so I was in back, but we divorced, I mean, my parents divorced, we moved to Memphis. And then I married a boy who was actually from Mississippi. We married in Memphis, though, and then moved back to the Delta. And so I had, um, you know, I really wasn't doing a whole lot. I mean, not a whole lot. Lord, I had three girls under the age of six. So I was busy. Um, but I wasn't planning on really catering or cooking. And slowly I kind of started getting back into it. And um, and, and I hence, taught a cooking I saw, class. Well, I saw your uh, article in Delta Magazine. Ah. Actually, it was a magazine. I think it had a picture of a lake and a pier. Yes. And Elizabeth yes. High School catering in Cleveland. 
So we're um, doing a wild game dinner. Yeah, on the river. And uh, I was looking for t- uh, cooking teachers at that time. Mm-hmm. I was president of the Viking Hospitality Group, and we had the Alluvian. Gardena's Restaurant, uh, the Alluvian Spa, the Cooking School, and the Retail Store. And as you can imagine, being in the middle of the Delta, cooking teachers were hard to find. <laughs> we were bringing them in from everywhere, and I read your recipes and, and saw this story and and called you and asked you to come teach a cooking class. So that was that was a long time ago. It was. But, you know, and the thing was, at that point, you only had the cooking school. You were building the, the big new cooking, new cooking school, the right. spa and all of that. So that was about to come in. And so Carol Collins and I said, Carol, I said, you, you got the wrong person. I said, I really appreciate it. I said, but um, I said, I don't have any formal training. I said, I have absolutely, you know, I, I mean, I'm just learning as I go. And and she said, look, she said, the thing about it is, Elizabeth, is that I can't teach anybody how to entertain. I can't teach anybody how to make sure people are having fun. He, she said, but I can teach you any other thing you need to know about cooking. So you just go, go ahead and come on over here, and we're going to get this figured out. So I started, and so what we did, she said, you're going you're gonna to train under Martha Foose. You are going to, I mean, we will train. You, you are going to be so fabulous. Don't worry. We'll wait months and months before, you know, you ever teach class. Mm-hmm. I get over there that it was the first I mean, I went over there. I taught one class with Martha Foose. Martha Foose went straight back to Carol and said she knows everything she needs to know. <laughs> they opened up the cooking school, I guess, the week the next week later, and I was on to teach my first class. And I went back to Carol and said, whoa, we made a big mistake. I mean, I obviously scheduled well, it's wrong. Such a wonderful, she goes, no, you're fine. You're but fine. it's a wonderful Delta thing because people in the Delta think it's right down the road. And actually, Cleveland is 55 miles from Greenwood. And Elizabeth would run up and down the highway. It was just nothing. Oh, I'll run right over <laughs> and would teach and drive back and sometimes do that uh, four times a week. But it, it started uh, a very adventurous and fulfilling partnership. It did. And it changed we've everything a, we've for been me. a long way. Because I started, Carol put me in positions to cook with some of the best chefs in the world, and, right. and especially in the South. And, you know, and what I learned through all of that was that, you know, I wasn't that much different. And certainly they had more experience, and certainly they had been to fine schools and all of these other things. But I understood the language. I had the same drive. I had the same passion for cooking that they did. And that just sort of started to, it started this fire where I had no direction whatsoever in my life as far as cooking went. And finally, at one point, not finally, but Carol brought me into her office and she said, Elizabeth, she said, what do you want to do? And I think it's one of the first times that I'd ever really sat down and thought about, you know, what do I want to do? And so all of a sudden, all of this, this dreams just started coming out. I mean, I said, I want to do TV. I want to do another book. I want to do this. I want to do that. And she said, okay, good. Here we go. Let me go ahead and get you started. And she said she started lining me up with everybody that I needed to be positioned with to make sure that that all happened. Well, and, Elizabeth, and you know, your, your gift, of course, as people can tell, is personality. <laughs> but, um, you know, she, she was such a popular, you were such a popular teacher, but you could put, you put the enthusiasm in cooking. And a lot of cooking is not about technique. It's about enthusiasm. That's, uh, that, Carol, that is one of the smartest things I think that anybody can say because I think so many people get intimidated. You know, they look on Pinterest. They're they're all up in the Food Network, and they're seeing all of this and magazines and print. And it's, I mean, you look at it too much, it'll scare you to death. You know, you'd never want to try it. It's like this big mountain, you know. But when you realize that really, I mean, you boil it all down, it is. It's just it's doing something that you love for people that you love. And, and if that's the reason that you're in this business, it's going to work out beautifully. 
It's time for us to take a break, but when we come back, we will continue our conversation with Elizabeth High School. If you want to find out more about Elizabeth, you can go online and visit her website, debutantefarmer.com, or on Facebook. Just search Debutante Farmer. We'll be back with more Deep South Dining right after this. author Mary Miller. Check out my podcast on Right on Mississippi at mpbonline.org. This is a special edition of Deep South Dining, and now we return to our conversation with Elizabeth High School. To say this is another example of Elizabeth High School tenacity. <laughs> she was catering a dinner at Roanoke and the president of NBC happened to be there, right. and he complimented her food. And Elizabeth immediately is on him like white on rice. I want to be on the Today Show. So, and, and then, yeah. so what you happened? See the we, opportunity. Yeah. And, so I had thought about it for seventeen years, and being at Viking, Martha Stewart. I mean, Martha Foose had gotten on Good Morning America, and that really kind of fueled it because I thought, well, Martha's right there. If she got on the on Good Morning America, surely I can get on the Today Show. And so it just kept building. And then I got a call to do this dinner at Roanoke, and I found out that Andy Lack was going to be there. Right. And um, the this, president of NBC, right. so this and one was, of the principals in Mississippi today. Yes. Absolutely. And so this was on Thursday, and um, he had actually retired. He was taking over on that Monday, and because um, he was coming back to NBC, Brian Williams was having some issues, and they were trying to get some things straightened out, and they knew they needed a godsend, and he was it for them. So this dinner was Thursday night, and honey, I mean, I put on the dog. I've never cooked so hard. In my life. I mean, there was not one piece of sterling silver left in the entire Mississippi Delta because I had sucked it off <laughs> for this dinner. All. I mean, it was unbelievable. And, um, I mean, it was like God came down and cooked it. I've never, ever. And so at the end of the dinner. I can dinner, just see the, 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 the women at home. The phone rings. They, <laughs> they look and they see it's your number. And they said, oh, Lord, Elizabeth's coming to get the silver. Exactly. Silver. Exactly, the silver. And so she, um, so at the end of the dinner, they were taking photographs. And um, Andy, who's he's a tall, great-looking man, and he looked down at me and he held my hands. And he looked at me and he said, you, my dear, are wildly talented. And I said, oh, Andy, I said, you tell all the girls that. And um, he said, no, I don't. He said, I've eaten everywhere. I've been everywhere. He said, and you need to understand you're talented. And you said. And I said, oh, well, I'm so glad you think so. Because now, look, I've been wanting to be on that Today Show for 17 years. Now, I know you got a lot to do on Monday when you get back to work. You know, I mean, you got to unpack your desk, get your pens and pencils straight. And you got that whole Brian Williams thing you're going to figure out. But I said, now, look, as soon as you but do that. After as that. soon as you do that, I'm going to need for you to call Matt Lauer and get me on the Today Show. And um, and so, of course, by the end of it, everybody's like, oh, my God, have you met Elizabeth? Look, Andy, you got to get her, you know, on the Today Show. So by the end of it, he was like, OK, I know. I got it. I got it. And so I didn't hear anything for four months or three months. Um, and I just wasn't get that wasn't going to do it with me. So I, I packed up my Bloody Mary mix, cheese straws, pimento cheese, and this little notepad. And on the outside of it, it said, what to do today. And on the inside of it, I wrote, number one, call Matt Lauer and put Elizabeth High School on the Today Show. Number two was write Elizabeth High School's name on the back of your hand in black Sharpie in case you forget about Elizabeth High School by the time you get to work. And, and this is what through, you delivered to his... I mailed to it to him. Okay. Mailed it to him. I mean, like, 
I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just an idiot. I mean, had I real? I mean, it wasn't until I actually got to New York that it, the the weight of his importance and who he is and the people that he deals with on a daily basis. I mean, what in the hell this man thought when he gets this box from Mississippi with this instructions on what he needs to do that day? But anyway, he had mercy on me and did call a producer, and um, and so I ended up getting a call, and they they ended up coming to me and doing a segment on the farm. At, um, we did a tomato dinner. You were actually living on a farm and were, were farming yourself. You and your husband were farming yourself. This yes. is not Daddy's farm. Yes, we had left Oxford and we had started a vegetable farm in Oxford outside. Of, I mean, we had left the Delta. Um, and I had left Viking, and everybody thought I'd lost my mind when I would tell them that I was going to start a vegetable farm in Oxford, Mississippi. With good reason. And uh, Yeah, exactly. And um, and so, anyway, so we were living on this farm, and um, so they came down. They did a segment there, and that was my first segment. And um, They who? Uh, the NBC, the oh, Today NBC Show Canada. came, okay. yeah. And so when Debbie was talking to me, we when she first called, we talked for two hours, and— um, I did most of the talking, as you can imagine. Hmm, I was imagine pretty that. fired up. 17 years of waiting to talk to somebody. Yeah. And um, so anyway, so we went through it. And at the end of the conversation, she said, instead of me bringing you to New York, she said, I'm just, well, I really want to come see what you're doing down in Mississippi. And, I, and we're going to do a, a great segment on you there. And, um, you know, I didn't really say anything. You and, said, but I want to sit in the <laughs> studio with Matt Lauer. <laughs> So I didn't say anything, and she said, uh, "She said, well, I mean, is this okay?" And I said, "Oh, oh, um, um, Debbie, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, yeah." And she said, um, "Do you understand what people would pay to have the Today Show come to them?" And I said, "Oh, look, Debbie, I'm sure it's a lot, and don't think I'm not grateful. I am." I said, "It's just that." Um, you know, I said, it's just that she goes, Elizabeth, we all know about the dream 17 years. Everybody up here knows if you'll just let us come to Mississippi, I swear we'll bring you to to New York. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I said, you just don't understand me. I've been on this farm and my husband's got me driving this prison van selling these vegetables. And all I wanted to do was just come to New York. Now y'all want to come here. Anyway, so um, so that was it. And then and I ended up getting to come. She did call me. We were actually in the prison van headed to the Auburn game because on the weekends we'd use it to drive us to the Grove. You know, we'd throw yeah. all our stuff in the prison van, coolers, chairs. Now, what do you mean by prison van? It was a van that took prisoners to prison back and forth. It had bars on the windows. It had locks on the doors. And what were you doing? I that? drove vegetables to Memphis to sell them. Van. Used, oh, okay. doesn't even Carol <laughs> doesn't even begin. It was so well worn and used. We took all the seats out of it, and then you. I would load my crates you of shuttled, vegetables in there. Instead of prisoners, you were shuttling vegetables. vegetables. So but I would luckily go. it had bars on the you know, <laughs> exactly. On the People break in and steal a cucumber now. So um, anyway, so we uh, we did that, but we were on the way to the game, and um, and I checked my email, and Debbie uh, emailed, and she said, Elizabeth, she said, would you please come the Monday before Thanksgiving, and do you by any chance have a turkey recipe? Oh boy, <laughs> God is good. I'm telling you, only Jesus and Jency knew about that turkey. Nobody else knew about that turkey. And um, anyway, so that was it. And I did the pillowcase turkey, my first segment, three minutes and 13 seconds. I was shaking the entire time. I mean, I just... And um, and then she asked me if I would come back that following Wednesday to Must do another segment. Well. It did. It did go well. And so now you're a regular contributor. I'm signed and, and contracted with NBC, and I have a position there. I am the Today Show food contributor. Does your paycheck come? I mean, do you get an I NBC do. Honey, paycheck? I get a check. Can you believe it? They give 
give me a check. Says NBC, the first one that I got, I didn't cash it because I just wanted to keep it, you know, for about a month and a half. And finally, it goes, you going to put that check in the mail? And I was like, in the bank? And I said, yeah, I guess I will. I took a picture of it, though. I've got it on my So mind. you are a Today Show contributor. Yes. You are a caterer still. Yes. Okay. Cookbook author. We know about the cookbooks. We're going to talk about them in just a second. You no longer work at You see how I try Viking. to get the cookbooks of in? Of course That's you do. I'm trying to make some I, money over I here. Know, I know how you roll. <laughs> Let's go ahead now and take another break during this special edition of Deep South Dining. A while back, we sat down with the wild and wonderful Elizabeth High School. And as you can hear, she has plenty to share about her time in the kitchen and how it has taken her all around the world. Stay tuned because we have more from Elizabeth and Carol and myself when we return. More Deep South Dining after the break. Thanks for joining us on this special edition of Deep South Dining. Now we return to our conversation with Elizabeth High School. Elizabeth, I wonder if you could share a, a recipe or two with us and to our for our listeners uh, that would light up the uh, taste buds for summertime. You know, that's the thing. Summer entertaining is my favorite entertaining because it is. It's easy. You can, you know, do it outside on your porch. You know, you don't have to worry about chasing a bunch of dust bunnies from under the couch, you know, scrubbing <laughs> any baseboards. I mean, hell, Mother Nature has already done all the decorating for you. It's beautiful outside. Go outside. Um, you know, and use your paper plates. There's no reason, you know, for you to have to do dishes. I mean, it's summertime. We can be lazy. We can, you know, you're tired. Just, um, you know, and I even, this is something really cute, and it's off the subject. I promise I'm going to share a recipe. But one of my friends who's just damn adorable, she um, she will bring paper plates, and not just tacky paper plates, like really cute, because you can get mm-hmm. all kinds oh, yeah. of fantastic paper plates or bamboo recycled paper plates, and she wraps them up so cute, and then she has these little tags printed, and it says, oh, let me do the dishes, <laughs> and so that's what she brings as her hostess gift. I think it's about that's the cutest thing. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. So she brings the paper plates. I think it's the cutest thing in the world, um, but in summertime, what you want to do, you always want to concentrate on doing something that you can make ahead. You know, I mean, you don't want to be in the kitchen sweating and cussing while everybody's outside enjoying a, you know, a cocktail and you're in the kitchen, you know, by yourself working. So, um, and and it's just the good news is, is that because all the vegetables are so amazing right now, um, you don't have to do a lot of work. I have to say that a panzanella salad is my most favorite thing in the entire world. I just... I don't that think would be it gets bread any and tomatoes. Better. Yes, so, so an Italian recipe. It is. It Ancient is. And Tuscan. The, the first time I ever had this, one of Gentsy. It always goes back to Gentsy. One of our good friends, um, her his daddy. I mean, her daddy had gone to Italy, and um, <laughs> and instead of coming back with new luggage, he came back with a wife. And um, anyway, so he brings back this Italian wife, and I mean, we didn't know who in the world she was, and um, but the first thing she cooked was a panzanella salad. It was the middle of summer. And I thought, oh my God, soggy bread in a salad? I thought, this is going to be worse than that nasty hamburger bun I had to eat one time that had gotten wet and my daddy made me eat it anyway. And I, of course, went and threw it up. But whatever. Anyway, so, but I tried it. And I've never in my life had anything like it because what you do is you grill the bread right. so it's crunchy on the outside and then it's tender on the inside. And do you, you put any olive oil on it so or what just we plain do, bread? So what I do is I take ciabatta bread. So you want a really sturdy piece of bread, not one bread, sturdy, good, you know, loaf of bread. Slice it thick and then brush it with olive oil, a little bit of salt and pepper, and grill it on both sides until it gets crisp. Right. You don't want to burn it just until it gets crisp. Pull it off. 
And um, while that's grilling, you're going to chop up. And I do nice big chunks, about, you know, about an inch and a half. And you want it kind of all to be the same size. So a nice heirloom tomato, chop that up into big chunks. Avocado, beautiful avocado. And then red onion. And, I mean, you could do peppers if you want, but I, that, I really usually just leave it at that. And then cucumbers. And then your herbs, you you're going to get... peel your cucumbers or leave the skin on? You know, I'm funny. I do half. I stripe them. Oh, I like a stripe. So I do a, mm-hmm. I do a half on, half off. It's a beautiful off. thing. It is. It's lovely. And um, so a nice big chunk of cucumber. Throw that in there. And then um, you cut that ciabatta bread that you've grilled, and you put that in there as same well. Same size as the vegetables? Same size. We want everything the same size. And then you um, mint and basil. Tons of mint and basil. And if you don't have mint and basil in your yard or in your garden or in a pot or in your window or somewhere in your house, you need to get yourself down to the wherever you buy your herbs and go ahead and plant that right now. It's not too late. I got it. It, it will change. Carol's got it. It, oh, changes, yeah. it changes everything changes about the way you cook. So you throw a ton of those fresh herbs in there, and then we're going to make our vinaigrette. We've already been Three over that. One. Three to one, baby. Counselor. And don't forget about the marriage counselor. And I'm usually going to do a red wine vinegar with this. You could do balsamic. It's really a little bit heavy. Side vinegar is fine in this. Lemon juice would be a great acid as well. Make that vinaigrette up. Oh, tons of garlic. I'm sorry. I left that out. I forgot about the the marriage council. Very, I got yeah. very excited. Very you d- do need to have crushed garlic in your vinaigrette as well. Um, and then you're going to toss that in it, and then you just let it sit for a little bit. And um, let that bread, those bread chunks kind of, you know, soak up all the goodness and... Um, Dear God, what a salad. Serve that with some beautiful Gulf shrimp that you've grilled. I mean, it just doesn't get any easier than that. And then if you have any leftovers, um, pull out the bread chunks and then toss it with a little bit of uh, cold pasta the next day. Ah. Makes the best pasta salad you have ever had in your life. Tomatoes are still firm? Yeah, they really are. It's fine fine for a pasta salad. Yeah, it really is. Tell us about summer drinks. Ooh, I do love a cocktail. Um, so one that we've been making I that's said actually... drinks, <laughs> not cocktails. <laughs> no, you said drinks. Her mind I said cocktails. I know it's ten o'clock in the morning. Um, anyway, so. One thing that I do love is a summer beer. It's super simple, um, and, but don't let it fool you because when I first had this, somebody sort of explained what it was, but they didn't mention it also had vodka in it. So I thought it was just kind of watered-down beer, you know, or diluted beer. So I thought, oh, this is fine. Drink 30 of these, and I'll be great. Not so much because what it is, it's pink lemonade, or you could use regular lemonade, um, and then you take beer about, well, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give you the specific recipe because it is a good one and you need to have it. So you just take a can of pink lemonade, concentrate frozen, the yeah. little tube, okay. and dump that into a, into a pitcher. And then you take four beers, four light beers. I usually use Corona because that's what I've got. You put the four beers in there, and then um, you take your um, your vodka. And Cathead. I was about to say, and we only use one in Mississippi, and that's Cathead, of course. So um, you fill up that, take that empty container, you know, the... The, the, the lemonade can. The lemonade, thank you, the lemonade can. Yeah, we used to recycle, put put the, the uh, lemonade back in there and put a stick in it and call it a popsicle. <laughs> Did you really? That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. um, my, one of my, I can remember in the 70s, one of my friend's big sisters, she would, she'd roll her hair in those damn things. Isn't that funny? <laughs> with those so big cans. Um, so how much anyway, I'm sorry. I'm vodka? sorry. Three-fourths three fourths of that can of Cathead Vodka, you're going to dump that all in together. Squeeze a fresh um, lemon in there. That's going to make it even better. And then garnish it with fresh raspberries. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It is 
divine. Now, if you don't want to go the pink lemonade route and you'd rather go the yellow lemonade route or the traditional, I guess you would call it, you could also add, um, I'll add cucumbers to this. And it's light and it's refreshing and it is absolutely delicious. What do you call it? Um, summer beer. Summer beer. Summer, okay. summer beer. You know, mocktails, I hate the word mocktails, but I do love the fact that so many people are serving cocktails without alcohol now, and it seems to be a, a great trend all over the country. And it's do you brilliant. have a, a summer mocktail? Well, I do. I do. Because, I mean, we all have to take a break sometimes. You know, I mean, it, I mean, everybody needs a break. And then I've been a on break times, 14 years. But then, <laughs> That's probably a good thing. The school's out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You've had enough. Um, you know, and so and so this is one that I love and um and what we do is we use ginger beer, which is to me don't you love that? So so anyway, and ginger beer, it's not alcoholic. It's a it's like a souped up ginger ale is what it really right. is. And it is not in the beer section. Little did I know that ginger beer was no, no. not beer. So you look for it in the section with ginger ale or sometimes with seltzers and, and club sodas. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you can get Sparkly it at Kroger drinks. in Oxford. You can get it just about anywhere on the planet. You just need to ask and look for it. There's some better brands that are even stronger. So I'm always going to start with that ginger beer. I'm going to do a little bit of lime. I'm going to do a little bit of cute cucumber juice and fresh cucumbers. I mean, it is one of the most refreshing things that you could ever drink to me. I mean, I just, I think it's wonderful. But then anytime you take any fruit juice, mix a few together, add a little bit of club soda to sort of, you know, lighten it up just a little bit and give it that fizz yeah. um, and then add your citrus to it. It's just delightful. You know, and it does, it makes you feel like you're doing something, you know, when you're really not. Feels good inside and out. Exactly. And you ain't got no hangover the next day. That's not a bad Sounds thing either. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. What about summer desserts? Okay, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. All right, so it's dessert number four, and and I almost feel guilty for giving it to you because... Um, is it in the cookbook? It's going to be in the new recipes for days, and we just shot it, and it's and it's one of those. This is it's super simple, but but I'm going to give it to you anyway. And then if we want to do something more intense, we can always do that. But again, summer's easy. So what we do is I take a nine by thirteen, um, which is you know a Pyrex dish, glass Pyrex, and then you take blonde ice cream sandwiches, and um, blonde ice cream sandwiches. So vanilla. The vanilla. vanilla vanilla ice cream sandwiches. And um, and so you cut them to fit the bottom of this Pyrex. So now we've got a full layer, mm-hmm. you know, of the of this. And then you take um, a little bit of amaretto and drizzle it over the um, over the ice cream sandwiches. And then you take toasted slivered almonds and then you take a little bit of Heath bar, the oh brickle, you know, the Heath bar brickle. And then you top it with whipped cream, homemade whipped cream, or I have been known to use the Cool Whip in a pinch. Um, And then you make one more layer. So now we're going ice cream sandwiches. We're doing the slivered almonds, the Heath Bar. We're going to finish with that wonderful whipped cream. Put it back in the freezer. You're going to need to let this freeze, you know, for at least four to five hours. And then what you do is you cut it into squares. When you serve it on the plate, it no more looks like an ice cream sandwich. These people think that you have made a crust. Then you put the ice cream. Then you made another crust. It is the most beautiful thing you have ever had. You certainly don't have to have the amaretta if you don't want to use that if you're serving it to kids or if you're um, if you're not into alcohol, that's fine, too. You could always just do caramel sauce. You know, something mm-hmm. like that or some fudge sauce. Either one would be amazing. Okay, quickly go through the layers again. Okay, so ice cream, so sandwich. ice cream sandwiches, Heath Bar topping or the Heath Bar crumbles, slivered almonds, 
and then a drizzle of amaretta. So when I'm saying that, I'm saying like a fourth of cup probably for the whole thing. You don't want too much, but you want to be able to get that flavor. Then you have the whipped cream, and then we're going to do it all over again, ending with the whipped cream. Right, then in the freezer. Four or five hours, bring it out, cut it in squares. Do you have to freeze the first layer before you do the second? No, No, because it's ice cream sandwiches. So you've already got that nice tough layer on top, you know? Not at all. And this goes real quick. Go ahead and have your whipped cream made. You want everything right there, you know? Don't go running all over the kitchen looking for it. Have everything mise en place out right there with you. It's a great recipe. And mise en place is a great French expression I think we all learned on the Food Network, which means everything in place. And I think this transforms so many people's cooking. You know, we used to run around in the cabinet and get the flour out. While, the, is, while it was on the while stove. While it was on the stove. You, you go I, running for the next ingredient. Ingredient. And, no, no, no. The French know better. And, and you know, professional chefs, that is that is one thing they've taught us. You have everything out and in its place before you do something. It will transform your cooking. It does. And that's what I would tell people when I taught classes. I mean, the bottom line is, is you don't want to get halfway through the recipe, realize you don't have flour. And now, you know, you got to go to Kroger or go to the Piggly Wiggly. You're halfway to Piggly Wiggly. You're frustrated. You're mad. You're late to take this dish to the church or wherever you were planning on taking it. And you just give up by the time you get to Kroger and just buy something. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, but if you had seriously taken the time to go through, look through that, pull everything out, make sure you have everything you need, you know, before you cook. It It takes all the stress out of it. There's so many little things, and that's what I would share with people about cooking. You know, people would say, oh, I'm a terrible cook, I'm a terrible cook. No, you're not. We weren't born knowing how to fry chicken. This is something you have to practice. It's God put us on this planet with lots of gifts. I mean, our heart beats every, you know, however many seconds or whatever. We don't even have to think about it. We know how to breathe. You know, all of these great things that we were were brought to this earth. But making a really great marinara sauce was not one of them. And so it's just, it's learning. And it's also having small techniques that, that will help you with the frustration. I think people get frustrated when they cook. They don't know how to properly chop an onion. When I teach people how to chop an onion, oh my God, it's like their head explodes. Transforming, you know. I mean, how to how to how to get garlic out of the peel. I mean, these little lessons are are life changing when it comes to cooking. You know, and we are so lucky because this generation we have YouTube and videos, and I use I use it all the time to go. You know, look up something. You know, Malcolm and I were talking about catfish and hush puppies mm. uh, one you know, one day, and so yeah, you know, I went back through on Sunday and looked because my hush puppies had been like hard on the outside. You know, just look up a little three minute video right. on hush puppies. There, you know, there are plenty, plenty, plenty of say. them. Just you no know, excuse for a hush cat- puppy being hard on the outside. So well, good. some people like hard hush puppies, but I want to as long as they're nice and tender on the inside. Yeah. That's yep. it, and and see, and you're always going to put too much onion and too much bell pepper and too much jalapeno in them, and that, it's going to be just right. <laughs> Same thing with peas. That's just my little word of advice today. <laughs> it's time for our last break of the hour, but if you missed any part of today's special edition of Deep South Dining, just remember you can listen to anything you missed by logging on to mpbonline.org or subscribing to the podcast using any podcast app just search deep south dining we'll be back to wrap up the program right after this an evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered join me meredith michelle with wjsu's evening jazz 
7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. All right, so let's go. We're going to do speed dating on your books. I'm going to ask you to say a little something about each of the books. and then It's going to be real hard for me. I know. <laughs> and then when we, when we get to the, to the redo of the, the Southern Living Party Cookbook, I want you to spend some time on that one and then the new book as well. Someone stole the cornbread from my dressing. So this was my best friend from Rosedale, Mississippi, uh, made the mistake of marrying a northerner. And she moved to Pennsylvania, and so she would call me crying about all these atrocities that had happened to her at different social events, like a football game or a uh, funeral or a baby shower. She just was not prepared for the way that they did things there. Right. And so she told all of these really funny stories about you know what happened to her at, at all of these events. And then I included Southern recipes on how we do it in the South. Gotcha. And um, and that recipe, the, the title came from her first Thanksgiving up there because they kept telling her that they had something that was exactly like cornbread dressing. Uh-huh. They just called it stuffing. <laughs> and so they pass, oh, it just got awful. So they pass it to her and she was like, uh-uh, somebody has stole the cornbread out of this dressing. Where is it? You know, and so that was the first book. What year was that? Oh, gosh, Carol, what year was that? I was lucky enough to get to write the introduction she for sure it. Did. I have it right here. And 2010. Gotcha. Got it then. All right, yeah. next is What Can I Bring? So then What Can I Bring? Um, Sid Evans asked me if I would, who is the editor of Southern Living Magazine. Um, and also he had been at Garden and Gun and was really brought that, that magazine to life. And even though I accosted him at the Viking Cookie School to the point that Carol Puckett had to like literally pull me off of him um, and tell me to back off, um, he still had mercy on me and asked me if I would write this book. So it's based on a column that they did once a month in Southern Living Magazine called What Can I Bring? And um, and so then I wrote the book, but it was so easy. You know, and he said, would you be interested? And I said, oh, my God. I said, that goes right back to my first job, which was instead of flowers. I mean, that's what we did. Right. I said, Lord, you just locked me in a closet for about two hours. I can write this book. I mean, I know all these recipes. I mean, it was super, super easy for me. All right, and the nineteen now you so you read the next book is the Southern Living Party Cookbook, and you redid the nineteen seventy two Southern Living book. How did you talk Southern Living into that? Or I did didn't. They come I didn't, you? honey. I had these people bamboozled. I still don't know. But, but Sid the Southern just Living felt Party like, Cookbook was the best selling Southern Living, living Cookbook of all time. Yes. So, so I mean, you just can't underestimate the import of that. People. You know, get it was their passed Bible. down. They passed yeah. down their oh, copies to up. you yeah. know children and grandchildren for weddings. It's a, it's a holy book. It really. And I, I was beyond thrilled to be to be asked to do this. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that we had talked about so much entertaining and hospitality and taking care of people through food. With what can I bring? And I think Sid understood that I could bring um, you know a, a little bit of. Um, of a different perspective, having catered parties. But still, I have huge anxiety when I entertain at home, um, even really? though I do parties daily. I mean, I, I mean, I can't I don't even know how many parties I've done in my life. And um, but still, when I have people in my home, I get nervous. And I talk about that in here. Gotcha. You know, I mean, it, it's it, it is you it's know, a performance. It is a performance. But also you're vulnerable. You're opening people up. You're opening your home up. You're you know, I mean, it's you know, it can be intimidating. So we talk about how to get through that. And um, and I'm and I've got good perspective perspective on, you know, how to manage your time, how to do things ahead, you know, and I've made mistakes that I talk about in this book. And so anyway, so I think it was a combination of all of those things. All right. So the, the new book, 
Mm-hmm. Coming out in 2020. Let's talk about it. So it comes out in fall 2020. It's um, Recipes for Days. So this is not a Southern Living book. This is actually, it's going to be, it's with um, Harcourt Mifflin um, out of New York. And so it's kind of a, it's a Very big girl prestigious, book. Very prestigious, yeah. It's a big girl book. So I have a, you know, I left and I have an agent now and... Um, we went up and met with all of these <laughs> New Yorkers in their big fancy offices. <laughs> I'm just sitting there, just not knowing what I'm doing. And um, anyway, but they gave us a, a really amazing offer, and so we ended up taking that. So this is celebrating every day. Um, you know, it's really funny. My great grandmother, she would. I can. I'll never forget. I came to have lunch with her one day, and I was in in high school or college, and the whole table was set with crystal and silver placemats and all of her china and everything. And um, and I said, Grandmother, who who else is coming for lunch? And she said, No one. And I said, Well, why did you you pull, why did you do all this? And she said, Elizabeth. She said, I do this every day. She said, There is no one in this world that's any more important than I am that's going to be coming to have lunch with me. So, so she just did it for herself. I mean, you know, she seriously. Well, she was like, you know, I mean, I this is. <laughs> so that that's what she did every day, and I, you know, I mean, there's so many people that keep all their silver and their china, right. and they don't celebrate a Wednesday night because it's just a Wednesday night. They're waiting on Christmas. Dear God, if you don't celebrate no. and love every day, so these chapters are fun things like weekdays, school days, diet days. Honey, I'm gonna teach you how to celebrate a damn diet day. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, cheat days, which, of course, that's my favorite because I can only white knuckle through a diet for about five days. And, buddy, then it's, you know, the wheels come cheat. off the rat wagon. And then, um, you know, it's beach days, summer days, all these really great Now, these great are original days. recipes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole book is. Yeah. And that's, well, now I do steal a few recipes every now and then. Well, aren't. But I give credit. To some extent, aren't most recipes stolen from somebody? Yeah, exactly. Who starts with, (laughs) I'm going to, first thing I'm going to do is use flour and salt. You're right. You're right. And then you change how much salt. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth, you you are singing to the choir when you're talking to us about entertaining, uh, not leaving the silver and china in the drawer because... Malcolm is a great example of that, and, and you know I, I use silver every day. But, right. uh, but Malcolm, you have beautiful china and set a gorgeous table all year long. And well, I the know thing is, if you own that stuff and you don't use it, that's a sin. I mean, it is a sin. You shouldn't have it packed away. If no. you're going to own it. You use should it. use it. Use now, it. if you don't have it, that's a different thing. Right, right. But but I'm just saying that even on a weeknight, who can't walk outside and go pick a, a little bunch of hydrangeas in the summertime and bring them inside and make that Monday night special? Right. I mean, I don't give a damn if you're still going to be serving on, on paper towels or on a paper plate. I mean, you know, just a little something. Bring in some flowers. And if you yeah, don't have any flowers in, in your yard, leaves. go to your neighbor's. Yeah, bring yeah in go to your leaves, neighbor's yard. <laughs> I mean, right now, there are oak leaf hydrangeas at every... Uh, Walmart parking lot. I mean, you can you can help yourself sure. to those. That's free game, by the way. Right. Well, not that what we've been talking about isn't enough. It is it is a lot to say grace over. But I am curious what's next for the farm girl from Rosedale, who is a caterer and a cookbook author and works for the Today Show as a contributor and one of Oxford's most famous caterers and favorite caterers and a cooking school instructor and a few other things. What's next? <laughs> You'd think I was going to go on vacation and take a rest. I would think not. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. So so the book is now, the new book, Recipes for Days. Um, like I said, we just finished all the photography for it, and um, and I'm in my final review. So now I'm. it's all written. Now I've just got to go back through and edit all of that. 
um, you know, I really, I do want to have a television show. And um, and I feel like one day it will happen when the time is right. It's hard, you know, though. I mean, I think so many people dream about things and want things. And, you know, we get impatient. We want it right now. And we don't see why it's not happening right now because you feel you're ready. But obviously it's not the right time. I mean, for example, if I had been on the Today Show 17 years before, I would have been on one time and that would have been it. I wasn't ready, you right. know. I mean, and, and when I went on, it was the perfect time. Um, and, and so that really is something. Being a school teacher was a, a great training ground for that. Because Isn't it amazing? Because you have to break it down mm-hmm. for people. You have to make sure they're enthusiastic, but you have to have to talk in a way right. that's simple and and doesn't assume that they yeah they know a lot. And you have a real gift for that. So, well, for example, how to make a vinaigrette. You know, I mean, this is something that, that everybody should know how to do as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I feel like you should know how to come in out of the rain. You need to know how to change a tire and you need to know how to make a vinaigrette. I mean, I, I just do. I feel that strongly about it. And, um, and it's just a simple method of one to three. So it's it's going to be one part acid to three parts oil. Okay, that's it. That acid can be anything. You know, it could be um, um, cider vinegar, lemon juice, uh, grapefruit juice. Doesn't matter as long as it's acidic. And then your oil can be, you know, olive oil, canola oil, uh, grapeseed oil, and and it's the marriage of those two things. And but what you've got, you've got two things that don't want to stay together. So if you'll do a couple of things, um, and I call them the marriage counselors of the vinaigrette. So you've got, um, you know, you add a little bit of Dijon mustard. So uh-huh. we're going to start with our acid in the bowl. Then we're going to add a little bit of Dijon mustard, and that is the first marriage counselor. We're going to keep two things together that don't want to stay together. The next thing is, is you're going to slowly drizzle that oil into the into the um, into the acid, and that is something that you're going to read that line in every single vinaigrette recipe. You know, and it's not they didn't just throw it in there because it was some term paper and they needed to get to 400 words. You know, <laughs> you know how you used to do by the end yeah. of a term right. paper you're like 800 la, words. La, now la. you're just making up crap to get to that that number. That's not what they were doing. It's that important. And so if you're whisking the entire time while you're slowly adding it in, you're going to have a vinaigrette that is going to be emulsified beautifully. It's going to stay together, and it's going to be fabulous. A little bit of salt and pepper, and that's your basic. So, I mean, that's how I teach. And and I have people that will still come up to me and say, you know, you taught me how to make a vinaigrette 10 years ago. And Three I've never one. forgotten it. Three to one in the marriage counselors. And these are the things because of the way that I had to learn, you All know, right. because I do have issues, obviously. Um it it I talk through things like that, and people do remember, you know. And I, and you're right, Carol. Every single lesson, it's unbelievable how you know. Instead of flowers, turned into what can I bring? The Viking cooking school and all the lessons that I learned there. So many lessons. Um, I mean, I Lord, I learned more than than I taught anybody at Viking. But um, all of that will come back and serve me when I do get my show. I hope you have enjoyed our wild and rollicking time with our guest, Elizabeth High School. If you've missed any of the conversation with Elizabeth, you can listen back to the entire show right now by visiting mpbonline.org backslash deep south dining. Also, stay tuned for more of Elizabeth because we couldn't get it all into a one-hour show. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced magnificently by Java Chapman. For Carol Puckett and our guest Elizabeth High School, I'm Malcolm White. Now, stay tuned for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remini at 11. And join us next Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning for Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think 
Radio.